0: Olaf of to Lawrence, play through for Fuller. What a beaten Larson here! Ricardo scores the score for Ten minutes to go,
1: and it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries.
2: Hello and welcome to episode forty-eight of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. It's the international break, which means half-assed efforts by people who'd rather be anywhere else, and nobody tuning in. Also, I think England are playing tonight. Anyway, it's call-ups to the Wizard Squad for Ben Cartwright.
0: Good morning, good morning, how are we all?
2: I'm very well, Ben. And another call-up, a long overdue return for Chris Brammer. Good morning, good
1: morning. Um, Again, are we all well? (laughs) No, no, since Ben asked me, I've I've got (laughs) (laughs) That's what you
0: like to hear.
2: Yeah. Uh, so no Stoke, no Stoke game to talk about. That's good, isn't it? Really struggled <laughs> to fill this show. I've put a quiz in
1: for no reason. Oh, which which I'm nervous about because you you've, you've been hyping up this quiz though, and I'm I'm really worried about it because I mean my record in your previous quizzes is appalling. <laughs> so like this is going to be a, a... we're just going to get exposed for the plastics we are uh, really, look, and I think that's a good
0: thing. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> Finally. <laughs>
1: yeah finally get some real fans on this podcast <laughs> that'll be the day
2: <laughs> okay so uh internationals are happening mm. so uh various stoke players uh often about round round the world uh two players well three players who did uh face each other in a european qualifier glenn wheel joe allen and john walters in a what can loosely be termed a football match Ireland v Wales uh, Yeah a pretty Horrendous day uh, Obviously horrific injury To Seamus Coleman in that game And also Stoke fans Got the flashpoint Of uh, Joe Allen and Glen Whelan squaring up to each other After Glenn uh, Stuck an elbow in his face Ben Are you, are you concerned by this uh, This fracar between <laughs> two of our midfielders. I, would,
0: I wouldn't say I'm concerned. I'd mean, I say it's slightly strange. I mean, I'm comparing it in my head to how when I used to play Sunday League football and then I'd be up against one of my classmates who played for a different football team, how then I'd want to tackle them a bit harder. So maybe there's a bit of that involved in it. Um, schoolboy rivalry, which is obviously showing a bit of maturity there. Now, it's a very strange one that it wasn't a hard tackle. It was an elbow. Um I wasn't sure if if Glen Whelan's elbow definitely did contact Joe Allen's face, but I don't know if that's the point anyway. Um, it's a very odd one. I'm sure they're friends now. They must have made up afterwards. But why would you do that? I don't understand why why you'd do that to your teammate at, at that level of football. Not a Sunday League game involving myself.
2: <laughs> would would you elbow your mates in a Sunday League game?
0: I've done it every other week, mate. <laughs> yeah. Like Mark Hughes, I am off the pitch. I'm lovely. Well, and then on the pitch, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a
1: beast. Maybe <laughs> it's it, it's one of those things, isn't it? I suppose you can you can put it down to the heat of the game. International football. Glenn Whelan is is uh, hyped up. He's playing for his country, and Joe Allen is just another opposition player who he's got in a bit of a. A ruckus with. Um, I, I'm not overly concerned about it going into the future. I don't think that there's an underlying rivalry that's going to bust out in the next few games that oh, Glenn Whelan and uh, Joe Allen are going to have a fight on the pitch, as we've seen in the past with some <laughs> state players. But um, <laughs> but no, I uh, it, it, it was yeah because they're on the same team. It was a bit of a what what is going on here? But I suppose it's just. It's just football, and if players from rival teams can come together and play for an international team, then I guess players from the same team going to opposing camps can fall out. It's just one of those things. Brings people
2: together. Um, (laughs) Whelan, of course, uh, was on the receiving end of a a knock. He was bandaged up uh, so much so, I think he was clearly quite disorientated, Whelan, because he, he went over to take some corners, which... I don't think he would have done had he uh, had uh, full use of his faculties. Um, uh, obviously, the real tragedy of that Ireland-Wales game was that Aaron Ramsey, of course, had to be reminded of uh, a leg break he suffered. I mean, that was my first thought when Taylor went in and uh, Coleman's leg pointed the opposite direction to what it should. I thought, I just
1: hope Aaron Ramsey's OK. LAUGHTER That's how Arsenal ship gone down the hill, hasn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, anyway. I, I, I think I think you'll probably uh, be massively inconsistent for about four seasons again. So.
1: <laughs> it was it was a weird a weird one because obviously, like the the tackle itself is horrendous, and it you you do feel for Seamus Coleman because that is. It it was a nasty break, and the fact that um, was it Shane Long going over to him and like comforting yeah. him straight away, and like it, it was just it it was awful to see. And then you got like those Arsenal pages, like yeah, sure, um, Ramsey reminded of the time Shawcross split him in two. <laughs> like, what <laughs> guys
2: like, like I. I... It, it it always amazes me the Arsenal revisionism of history.
1: Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> just like literally was sorted in half.
2: Yeah, yeah. Magic that Arsenal fans flashback flashback to that date and uh, Ryan Shawcross is wearing a mask from taint, uh, Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. He's like revving,
1: he's like revving the uh, yeah, yeah. chainsaw. He's like just like, chopping away at him. Like that's not again. Like I feel because we've said this a few times on this podcast. That's not to say that Aaron Ramsey's injury wasn't a serious injury, of course it was it was a nasty, just like the Seamus Coleman incident, it was an awful break um, and like, yeah, it's it's. I'd say tragic, but I mean that's it's not tragic, is it? It's it's an injury in a profession <laughs> like, tragic is the wrong word to use, yeah. it's it's really it's unlucky and it's nasty but the fact that it just keeps getting brought up every time there's a a, a broken a broken limb. It's a bit. I don't know. What? It's okay because Neil Taylor's not that type of of uh, player. Was Neil Taylor's tackle yes, worse uh, than
0: Ryan Shawcross's tackle against Aaron Ramsey?
2: I I would uh, say so, but obviously I'm, I'm biased. The thing is, slightly. with
0: with Neil Taylor's tackle, I don't think there was any chance of him ever getting the football. Like in any situation when you dive in like that, he's literally going to to hit the man. Um, I think personally, but. Yeah, as we say, we're probably biased.
2: Uh, ben, Ben is Neil Taylor that type of player?
0: <laughs> is it, I mean, the thing is, has is there ever been, let, there let, ever let's, been let's that be type of player? Let's be the podcast that calls someone out. I want to see, I wanna see uh, that yes, type of player. Yes, I think,
2: I think certain players are that kind of player. I think Roy Keane is that kind of player. Oh, yeah. I think uh,
1: Lee Catamole, arguably, is Ryan, that kind of is player. Ryan, is Ryan Shawcross one of those players? No. no. How dare you, Chris? <laughs> Uh, see, and that and that, that essentially is where uh, the argument with Arsenal fans fall down. Because to them, he is that player. To us, he isn't that player.
2: Well, it, <laughs> it, it, you, you get this like after every injury, don't you? Yeah. You get the manager's immediate defence of his player, saying he's not that kind of player, which is kind of the well-worn uh, cliche. And obviously, like ninety-nine percent of players aren't that kind of player, <laughs> and that sort of goes with that saying. And then you get the reaction from like. Football journalists who are like oh he's not that kind of player is he oh you you're making excuses for uh, for an awful challenge, whereas I think it's just managers have to stick up for their players and that's obviously what they've got to say. But I don't like the sort of the sneering at managers who say that because yeah. it sort of implies that they're either encouraging implicit or turning a blind eye to mm. yeah to horrible challenges. So yeah, that that kind of annoys me because like within seconds of the injury to Coleman we we got like Shawcross's name yeah, being mentioned yeah, yeah, by yeah. journalists and like that kind of thing so it was just like oh can we just like express concern you, for the actual injured player it's
1: a is is Ryan Shawcross Aaron Ramsey is that incident going to be the the callback every time there's a broken leg? Now is that like the well, you know like long throws? Every, oh, long throw, Rory Delap. Is it going to be? <laughs> oh, a player's broken. his like, oh, of course you'll remember when Ryan Shawcross. And I, think, I think. I think so. Is that going to? Is that the point of reference
0: now? I, at least until they're still playing, I would argue. If they're both playing in the Premier League, then I think it's going to be brought up. I think the evidence is there to show that
2: it's brought up every time. Yeah, it's brought up every time we play Arsenal, mm-hmm. isn't yeah. it? So. And I think you know Stoke fans are sometimes as bad as Arsenal fans for that anyway. In terms of trying to uh, talk about it <clears> and <throat> Stoke it up and whatever. Um, so on that note, shall we move on? Uh, <laughs> Jordan Shakiri. This is a uh, this has got a lot of people's goat. He uh, was videoed in training with Switzerland. Uh, just smashing in some bicycle kicks. They're absolutely lovely. But uh, obviously, that begs the question, like, I thought his legs were broken, Chris. <laughs> yeah, um yeah. I, th- I thought he was permanently injured. Like, are, are we being taken for a ride here?
1: I I honestly, well, again, no one, no one knows. It's just so, well, apart from maybe Mark Hughes and Jordan Shakiri, it's just such a weird, <laughs> weird situation where... I I don't know. It kind of feels like that those videos were out to prove a point a little bit, weren't they? Um, almost like yeah, yeah. Sh- put those videos out. That will show people what you know. They'll start questioning why I've not been in the team. Um, it's weird. The, the The positive is that you can hope that all right, he's at a stage now where we can play him in the next few games. Um, but it's there's a there's a weird relationship between our Star players, as it were, and like management at the moment. Uh, the, the the story got put out in the week, didn't it? Granted, the it was a story in the Sentinel that said that Stoker prepared to sell Shaqiri in the summer. Now, when you actually read the article, it was just a <laughs> a loose connection of strands. Like, yeah, they could sell him, but there was like no real solidity behind it. But it it's just such a an odd time with the the dream of this superstar team is kind of collapsing and i don't know it's it's just odd what an odd relationship mm. we have
2: but Be- ben uh his post on the outcake says i was delighted when he signed for us and he gave us some thrilling moments of magic unfortunately he has no heart or desire to play for stoke such a pity i've been giving him the benefit of the doubt but if he plays for switzerland and isn't available for stoke he can f right off. Uh, strong sentiments. Are you um, are you turning on Shakiri already? Do you think he's uh, he's not showing the requisite heart and desire?
0: Um, I I would disagree with quite a lot of what was said there. To be honest with you, I think when he's played, he has showed a lot of desire. If we want desire, he does show desire. I think it's a bit of a myth that he doesn't show desire. And I know I, I'm. I'm not going to like pretend that Shakiri has been everything that we hoped for and more because Shakiri has not been everything we hoped for and more. He's been at moments brilliant and those are the kinds of moments that we all love watching football for. Those just that highlights clip the the video that we're talking about now that was amazing to see. That's a Stoke player just banging in bicycle kicks. Like like <laughs> it's easy. Like anyone could do it on a on a Sunday morning playing football league. I tell you I couldn't do that. Um so, what I don't understand is just there just seems to be some smoke and mirrors with with injuries at this club, and I don't understand why there's no honesty. I mean, why couldn't we be told as fans? Clearly, right, we're going to arrest Shakiri. He's not probably ready for the the Premier League, but he might be ready for to play for Switzerland or something like that. If that's the truth, if it's the truth that shakiri has been dropped because of reasons, then just say fair enough. If you're going to, I'd rather the truth and and at the moment it feels like we're not really getting the truth because if there's if there's well, any problem
2: didn't sorry sorry to sorry to interrupt you Ben. um i thought mark did he not say that um he they wanted him to get through the game against a uh, game for switzerland and so it, there was yeah, yeah. we discussed it on the
0: last i think mark bowen said an odd that situation didn't he?
2: where yeah but um, but that just seems an odd thing yeah. to to want if you've got a player who's been out for so long why would you want him to to play for his country and potentially pick up an
1: injury <laughs> i don't know no one knows it just was a really weird thing to say um the only like the only reason i can possibly think of that is that they <laughs> they almost trust the swiss uh physical team and medical team more than the Stoke team to get him through a game i don't know it's it's so weird um it's been it it's been a very weird season with Shakiri because with the exception of some brilliant moments against uh Hull and the free kick against middlesbrough and stuff he's not he he wouldn't feature in my team of the season that's for sure because he's not he's he hasn't played, and I think you're right, ben we had all these dreams of what it would be like when he signed and he hasn't hasn't matched up to them. I'm not saying that that means we should get rid of him but I think a question needs to be raised over... I, I think an equal question needs to be raised over his fitness based on what our backroom staff are doing to keep him fit because yeah he's had injury problems in the past but he wasn't this injured at the likes of Bayern or Basel or well they're the, they're the two teams yeah. he was majorly at but yeah there needs to be a bit of self-reflection on right well we need to find a way to treat this player and to keep him fit players get injuries but he ha- it has been a bit of a joke hmm. um,
2: on to England then, Uh, injuries (laughs) in the the centre of defence uh, meant Ben Gibson uh, of Middlesbrough was called up uh, to the squad. Uh, Ben, does this uh, spell the end of Ryan Shawcross's England career, if indeed it even existed to begin with?
0: Yes, I think so. I can't see, the, the reason why I say that is I can't really see Gareth Southgate getting the sack unless he sort of commit some atrocities on the Sam Allardyce level. Um, he's not going to get sacked before the next major tournament and probably the one after that as well, at which point Ryan Shawcross will probably be well past the age of getting into an England squad, unfortunately, unless your name is Jermaine Defoe. I To be honest, I, I, I didn't expect anything different, um, especially as, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I, I enjoyed seeing that Gareth Southgate is playing a football team because of the football team rather than the stars. He's bringing in Ben Gibson because he was playing a 3-4-3 and we've seen Ryan Shaw crossing a 3-4-3. He's not completely comfortable in that system. Ben Gibson played is a left-footed player, I believe, and he plays on the left of the back three. So he might be young, but he's played in that system with Gareth Southgate in the past. So I, mm-hmm. I didn't mind it too much because it wasn't just, oh, we'll fit Paul Skulls onto the left of midfield that we've seen in the years... Mm-hmm. Before that's a very outdated reference now, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, it's a, it's a massive shame because if things had gone differently um, with things that we've mentioned in this podcast, maybe and obviously with that Sweden performance or Sweden appearance, I wouldn't even really call it. It didn't really get a fair chance for performance, and he could have he could have had an amazing England career. I, I do believe that, but it just hasn't gone his way. And I've I've cried on many nights about Ryan Shawcross England career, but it wasn't one of them this week.
1: Yeah, I I can I agree. I think that I I can't fault Gareth Southgate for calling up Ben Gibson because, I mean, you've got to think from from the England management position that like they've got a plan for. They've got to think long term. Where do we want to be in four years' time? Um, on they they were saying something similar on the. Um, uh, the Sky Sports Spanish football podcast the other day, where it, it's something that Spain and the likes of Germany do. They'll call up a younger player for these type of thing, uh, situations where, so they can get experience with the first team, with the idea that in a few years' time, further down the line, they may be central players for the England team, and they're already ingrained in that setup. Um, it, it is a it's a massive shame for Shawcross because I do genuinely believe he would he could have had a fantastic england career because he's he he was that good and still is that good but i think he just now he's too old to get ingrained in that setup and it's just mm. not going to happen for the guy which is a real shame
2: um international breaks then uh final word on these um like whenever they come round, we're really annoyed with them we're just like oh bloody international breaks i want to want to watch a stoke game i want to watch match of the day just please give me some proper football um Garrett, how would you improve international breaks either so there was less of them or so that when they did come around you weren't uh feeling a sense of dread if indeed you are
0: <laughs> i was about to say that you could do um like a, a youth game on at three o'clock, like sort of a well-advertised, well-thought-out youth game um, that fans could go to on the weekend. But then I remembered that youth players probably go away on international breaks as well. So that's idea <laughs> in the pan. Um, I don't think there really is a way of improving them unless you just literally remove them. I don't have any interest in watching England-Lithuania later. <laughs> yeah, I probably will. And I'll probably moan about uh, it on Twitter.
1: Yep.
2: Well, <laughs> well uh I was I was thinking uh, the idea of pre qualification has come up quite a lot, and I think uh, one game that happened last night kind of exemplifies the need for pre qualification. Um, Andorra nil, Faroe Islands nil. Andorra ended their fifty six game losing streak with <laughs> with that point with a nil nil home to Faroe Islands. I mean, they must have been going <laughs> mad in the in the crowds um, in the streets so of I Andorra. Think, Yes, in the streets of Andorra. (laughs) Um, So I was just thinking pre-qualification might work. And I think what might also uh, placate a lot of us, if if there was some degree of pre-qualification, so the 50-odd European teams got cut down to, I don't know, 32, and then we had a sort of qualifying tournament, if you like, or a qualifying few games uh, in the summer's between each major tournament so it would cut out the um, I mean this is all a very English centric perspective I know there's other leagues to take account of um, but if you, if you had uh, pre-qualification in the summers between major tournaments and uh, that would cut out like several weeks in the season so you can either finish the uh, English league season earlier before a major tournament or you could um, uh, have a winter break sh- or, or 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 you can have a winter break or just breaks in the season so uh, players could recover.
0: That sounds a f- that sounds That's smil- fabulously well thought um, out for a Wizards of Drivel podcast. I'm not going to lie. Bravo.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: sending that off to FIFA. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you said that, Dave, because I uh, my answer to that question was: Can we just make England? look good and play well <laughs> so thank you because yours is uh... they've got a new kit chris what would what you want uh, i want a new kit every year that costs 60 pounds that's what i want yes. oh, i don't
0: good. remember the last thing kit i bought i don't know about you guys and by the mm-hmm. way quick thought for your fifa envelope dave just slip a tenner in it and i'm sure they'll consider your idea <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh dear
0: um yeah.
2: Good England.
1: Yeah. England, England, England. Good goal by uh, Podolski
2: though, eh? Yes. Very good. And I enjoyed uh, the English pundit's uh, dismissal of uh, his farewell game. Yeah. Oh look at them going all crazy for a guy who played a major part in them winning the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Look yeah. look at look look at how much they like him. <laughs> look at them liking their footballers. <laughs> I'm like do you remember when Steven Gerrard had seven leaving games for Liverpool? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't tell me we can't do um Now, speaking of uh, celebrating uh, players' accomplishments, we'll move on to our listener question of the week, uh, which uh, we asked on Twitter. We got some good responses. Uh, this one uh, was an inter- international break-themed if you could go on holiday with any Stoke player, who would you go with and where would you go? I'll start with
1: you, Chris. Okay. Mine is technically not... I'm not going on holiday with a player, but I am going on an Indiana Jones-style adventure, seeking out... Ooh. Uh, the whereabouts of Gianelli and Bula <laughs> because solving that mystery equally you can then spin it into a sequel where I look for Jerdin Shakiri. So so yeah, so I'm I'm gonna the... I'm yeah, I'm I'm hunting down the clues, I'm following the Instagram pages, I'm looking on Twitter, <laughs> I'm going round and I'm looking for the lost man that is Gianelli and Bula. There'll be like uh, there'll be but, some ruins of an Aztec temple, and on the pew <laughs> at the top there'll be some gloves, and that will lead me to my next place. It'll be <laughs> it'll be a great adventure. If I might write this down, we'll, we'll put it as a blog series.
2: <laughs> Someone Photoshop an image of Chris running away from the rolling boulder, yeah. but he's yeah. yeah. stuck holding a pair of gloves. <laughs> uh, what but what player? What Stoke player would make the best? Um, Sidekick. Um short round short round to your <laughs> indie.
1: Short round um well it would have been Johnny Tex before he left because he he you know, he's got a lot not well, he had a lot of time on his hands, didn't he? So he could have helped me solve mysteries. And I could imagine him in a little little cap and <laughs> and like driving a minecart and shouting and stuff, it'd be great. Uh he, good stuff. Yeah yeah, I'm, no. So it's me and Johnny Tex looking for Gianelli and Bula. It'll be, it'll be fantastic.
2: Coming to cinemas soon. Ben, uh, who are you going with on on holiday? See,
0: when you find Gianelli and Bula, can you lend him over to me so I can take him on holiday? Because I want to <laughs> take him on holiday to um, Costa Rica or somewhere of similar heat. And see if he's still wearing gloves, basically, and then that's my holiday done. I can have a, a good time in Costa Rica where I've always wanted to go. so there we go
2: <laughs> Costa Rica is famously where uh, Jurassic Park is set, yeah, so um Fun. that's you could take him around the
1: islands off Costa Rica, isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Are we just are we just casting <laughs> uh, Gene Elliot Boular in um,
1: Spielberg blockbuster? The Rockwell. holiday question yeah.
0: has turned into which movie? Which movie do we want to yeah. be in <laughs> with the Stoke player?
1: <laughs> I, I like I like this idea that he should be part of uh, franchise films. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: Well, on that on that very uh, subject, the, our first uh, reply to our listener question of the week was from Jamie Chatfield. And he said uh, he'd take Joe Allen and we could go to Mordor so that we could destroy the one ring in the fiery chambers of Mount Doom.
1: (laughs) I mean... In this this, this
2: analogy, is Joe Allen Frodo?
1: Yeah, well, that's what I'm interpreting, although he has more the look of Aragorn, King of Gondor, which, if if you remember the films, Jamie, Aragorn didn't get to Mordor to drop the ring off, did he? So get your Lord of the Rings right. Well, but, we got to the gates my, my, of
0: Mordor. Come on, give him some credit. He got to the,
1: my, well, my, my thought here... And he was it, pretty essential. He was pretty essential, but I wouldn't say that Frodo's trip to the fiery chasms of Mount Doom, the the horrors that he had to endure, the temptation of the ring, I wouldn't say that that counts as a holiday. I was
2: thinking the same. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not in those <laughs> those ghastly marshes where he meets all those ghosts people, like, writing back, do you shire folk having a lovely time today met, met a man met a thing called Gollum he's leading us down uh, some paths at the moment the, the films wouldn't have been half as dramatic <laughs> if it had just been a holiday <laughs> with, with Frodo narrating it like like Alan Bennett style but, there like, we had a lovely time walking through <laughs> the ashes <branches.
2: laughs> who, who is Jean uh, Ellian Bula in the Lord of the Rings trilogy?
1: <laughs> wow! Um, oh God, I, he would because
2: uh, I I think he he is an ent. I was thinking ants. Yeah. Famously, when the when the ents destroy things, you're like, oh God, they've had these the whole time and they've not been using them. Look how good they are.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: That's... Get them off the
1: bench. Yes. Get them off the bench, Gandalf. <laughs> Get... <laughs> <laughs> this is this this provokes an entirely new discussion of what stout players are which lord of the rings characters like this is we can exploit this for weeks <laughs> i mean
2: joe allen kind of makes sense as frodo cuz he's like short yeah, and yeah. sort of he's he's very uh, loyal and
1: uh, dedicated to his cause yeah and you can imagine um, him like Walking around barefoot with like <laughs> a little back, a little backpack I mean, I on. I can,
0: and... I can imagine most people walking around barefoot. That's not something that I would struggle with imagining. Also, he does have, he does have <laughs> a dark side as well, which we saw in the in the island game against his fellow, against well, his fellow uh, Sam.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I was going to say uh, Wise Gamgee is uh, Glenn Whelan because A. Irish, ever reliable. And, uh, B. <laughs> ever reliable but also had had a falling out with his mate didn't yeah,
1: he yeah 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 yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah I, it I goes deeper
1: huh? <laughs> <laughs> what i like is uh... it's almost like we've thought this through i don't i don't think <laughs> listeners are going to appreciate this is off the fly <laughs> <laughs> can you tell um,
2: yeah we we had two hours intense uh, lord of the rings uh, literary criticism before the game oh, by the way uh, Jonathan Wilson on a Guardian podcast once um, said that Fernando Torres is a big uh, fan of Lord of the Rings and like he actually had a, like a literary conversation about the merits of Lord of the Rings with him.
1: That's.
0: I mean, does I'm, does oh, that right, man get any more fan. perfect? Honestly,
1: I'm, Bear with me uh, because I'm probably wrong. But when you put in Fernando Torres on Google, the first thing that comes up is Fernando Torres, Lord of the Rings. So this could be a good thing. It was. But I was, it, I don't know if it is Fernando Torres, but there is, um, uh, there is someone, I think it's him, who has like an elvish uh, tattoo. Well, it's a footballer, oh. definitely. On his left arm, oh. yeah, Fernando has tattooed. Tattooed in Tengwar, which is the constructed script that J.R. Tolkien. Yeah, yes, I knew it. Fernando Torres has a Lord of the Rings tattoo. This was supposed to be a holiday chat, and we've got into
0: Fernando Torres's tattoo history. Thanks, Jamie. But
1: that's like that is so. This, like... is,
2: this is this is bread and butter, Wizards of Dribble, right here. This, but, this is why people tune in. They don't care love... about Stoke. Oh, oh, Pit have got Rory Delap on. No,
1: we're talking about Fernando
2: Torres's bloody elvish
1: tattoos yeah but isn't that great in a world where like all footballers have sleeve tattoos and they look hard Fernando Torres has a tattoo in elvish language like what a geek I love you Fernando Torres you beautiful
2: person Shall we move on to more listener responses to our question of the week? Can, can, um, can I
1: just say as well, Rude Van Nistelrooy is also a big Lord of the Rings fan. <laughs> right, I'll be, well, I'll for? <laughs> that's, so that's a this. hell of a
2: strike partnership. <laughs> um, Mary M, uh, Mary M apostrophe N on Twitter, uh, catchy name, uh, says he'd go on holiday with Bangora. Don't know where you're going or if you'll ever return. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Don Cartwright here uh, Hi Don uh, He says he'd go on holiday with Berahino To Malia in Crete Just for the sesh um, I dare say uh, Berahino in Malia would have more shots Than he's had so far There we day. go
1: <laughs> Back of the net Well done <laughs> Jurassic Park Uh <laughs> and can I kind of just say right, right, so now you've done it. Like when, when we were planning the hol- the holiday question, who would you take? I was really trying to work out who can I, I want to do the youth hosteling with Chris Eubank joke, who can I do that <laughs> with for Stoke? But in the end, no no no. Um,
2: Benito Fisher says he'd go somewhere <laughs> he'd go somewhere with low hanging doors with Peter Crouch, just so he could shout, Peter Crouch <laughs>
0: That's good. There's a bit of a tenuous link for a holiday, but it's, it sounds like a cracking one.
1: Would um, that be the Shire that he's taking Peter to? Maybe, maybe. That ticks the boxes. Uh, yeah. I like international breaks. Yeah.
2: Yes. Um, okay. Uh, okay, thread of the week time. Uh, there, was, there was nothing quite as... Uh, Funny is the Carlo Nash TK Max thread from last week. <laughs> but uh, just something that interested me. Um, it was the thread entitled 10th most sold out stadium in Europe. Have you guys seen this, Ooh, yes. this little stat yes. that's popped up? Um, Bayern Munich apparently uh, filled 100% of their seats at the Allianz Arena. And they uh, posted a little graphic of the top 10 most sold out stadiums in Europe's top five leagues. So it goes Bayern, SC Freiburg, um Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, Leicester, FC Cone, Everton, Crystal Palace and then Stoke filling 98.1% Decent. of their ground. Um are we all infused yeah. and excited about this stat? Are we are we proud of it?
1: I, th- I think so. I think that's a it's a it's a really good thing to be selling out the ground I mean are, am I right in thinking that it's down a little bit because of the partition as well from uh, away mm. fans and, and that type of thing because because yeah. that were, you, you imagine if we could fill those seats we, we would fill those seats and it it's good news going into the um, stadium extension that we'll be able to fill those 30,000 seats um, in the new season that's no it's a good thing good good on us good on us
2: Uh the uh, the ninja badger the oatcake uh, poster replied with "Good job, they didn't do the counting after the seventy fifth minute." Oh. Hey. he's digging out, digging out those fans that leave early. And um, can can we? Can, does anyone know
0: yeah, how? That prompted little... Munich, are sold one hundred percent. How is how is that a thing?
1: Well, is that a I lies? Don't think is that, that fake news? No, <laughs> I I don't. Unlike us, where we have the like the tarpaulin that separates the away fans and the home fans, if if it's anything like like the likes of Dortmund Stadium and stuff, they still rely on like caged segregation for away fans and stuff in Germany. So maybe maybe that's the way. And also, Bayern have that lovely habit of I don't know if you've ever watched Bayern play at the Allianz, but they where the seats say T-Mobile as the sponsor, they have people dress up in white shirts so that they can still read the sponsor of T-Mobile even when the crowd's there. So maybe they're just letting people go in as long as they, sponsor- they allow themselves to be senseless adverts for the corporations. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um... <laughs> oh god, Chris is going on his tirade, quickly move on. <laughs>
2: Uh, another suggestion on the oatcake: that rather than adding to the Bet365 stadium capacity we should take out a couple of corners uh, as to top this list (laughs) it's it's an idea (laughs) yeah (laughs) act Uh, more uh, oat cake thread of the week action next week Um, but that now we're going to have a quiz Uh, but first uh, just a, a few uh, announcement thingies to do. Uh, first of all, I've got four bottles of a beer called Brew Macari with me. Now, uh, if you've been following us on Twitter, you'll know that Brew Macari is uh, brewed by the Limestone Brewery in Stone uh, in support of Macari's Red and White Army documentary, a, a documentary uh documentary that's in the works uh, about our 92-93 uh, Division 2 title-winning season. Um, named by myself Designed uh, Label designed by Joe Barbieri um, Yeah so Basically we, we want to uh, Encourage people to buy this beer Where and when they see it uh, But you can win four bottles right now From the Wizards of Drivel It's our first ever like official competition isn't it First ever podcast one anyway um, Basically all you have to do To win four bottles of Brew Macari is to name the next goal scorer for Stoke City. So uh, this could be in the Leicester game, uh, Burley game, or, you know, if we go on a bad run, it might be a few games after that. Uh, so, but the first person to email us uh, the name of the next Stoke City goal scorer will win four bottles. Um, yeah, so at wizardsofdrivelpodcast.gmail.com. Obviously, try and think a bit logically i don't think uh phil bardley's uh, likely to get any soon but maybe maybe if you're the only person to say phil bardley and bardley does score you know you, you, you'd be on easy street uh all the things to tell you about uh obviously our website's up and running com. uh expect more content on that very soon and also um Plans are afoot uh, for a, a Patreon page next season. Um, basically, th- this will enable you to uh, help support the podcast next season. Because if we're if we're honest, we're going massively into debt uh, covering <laughs> Chris's wages for this show. Uh, so if you could, um, if just stay tuned for information about that, we will make it worth your while if you donate in the form of. Um, Extra podcasts and whatnot, so uh, stay tuned for that. Now, Stoke quiz time. It's Chris against Ben. Oh, no. It's it's the big one. Uh,
1: okay, okay.
2: Oh, by the way, on the uh, on the holidays thing, <laughs> I should have mentioned that. Um, I should have mentioned that uh, I'd go to Dubai with Michael Owen.
0: Ladies and gentlemen. Please fasten your safety belts, we're about to take off, but first, welcome on board. I'm Michael, and I'm the pilot for your tour. Today is a typical day in Dubai, glorious sunshine with a slight northeasterly wind. Visibility is about 16 kilometers, so take it from me, you're in for a real treat. Our aircraft is the first group's state-of-the-art Concept-X helicopter, and this is no ordinary chopper. It's got special powers, and once we're airborne, you'll see just what I mean.
2: <laughs> For obvious reasons. Now, quiz time. <laughs> uh, Chris. Yes.
1: Heads or tails? Uh, tails, please. He's actually got a coin it's... as well. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually got a coin. <laughs> yeah, <good. laughs>
2: It's heads. So Ben, you get the choice. Of, play your bards right, <laughs> or the color of Aza.
0: I get to choose which one. I'm going to go for the, the color yeah, of Chris the color of Munieza, please.
2: He's gone for the color of Aza, which is three questions on Stokes diminutive Spanish. Goodness half. me, uh, Chris. Chris, you will be playing play your bards right after this. Okay, okay. Um, question one for Ben. Mark Munieza made his Barcelona debut against which side? Osasuna Celta Vigo or Alaves?
0: Oh goodness me this is a complete guess um, I'm going to go for Osasuna
2: He's guessed at Osasuna
0: and he's correct What a start
2: He's off the mark
0: Oh so soon to now, get a point god
2: <laughs> Oh god <laughs> oh. Uh, Mark Monieser made a Stoke debut against Warsaw in the League Cup did Stoke win that game 2-1 3-1 or 4-1 wow
0: um, I'm going to go for goodness I can't remember this game I'm going to go for
2: 3-1 he's gone for 3-1 Ooh. and he's also correct yeah. Well done. two points already on the board uh, Stoke won 3-1 a Kenwin Jones hat trick I believe <laughs>
1: it's going back a bit that one
2: Final question in the colour of Mo- colour of Moniesa. His first Stoke goal came against Sunderland in the League Cup, mm. in which he scored a brace, but which Sunderland keeper spilled the ball into the net for the first of his couple of goals. Was it Vito Menone, Costel Pantilimon, or Kieran Westwood?
0: Um. Again, this is just this is going from the depths of my mind. I'm going to try with. Vito Minone.
2: He's guessed at Vito Minone. And he's wrong. Ooh. It was oh, Costello. It was between Pantillo. those two. I'm not going to lie to you. Ooh. He fell victim to that. So, Chris. Yes. Ben got two points with a colour of money, Okay. You now have three questions on Phil Bardsley. Okay. Good luck. Thank you. Question one. Phil Bardsley was snapped on holiday this week, enjoying the sunshine in the United Arab Emirates mm. with his reality star wife, Tanya. Mm-hmm. But from what reality show would you know, Tanya? Big Brother, Desperate Scousewives, <laughs> or, the real, or The Real Housewives of Cheshire? <laughs> oh,
1: I, I wish Desperate Scousewives was a real programme. That would be brilliant. It's, uh, it, it is. is. It, is it, it is. Is it actually? It is. Well, that, that, that shows that I don't watch anything other than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, it's the, uh, the, the Real Housewives of Cheshire. That Very confident there Yeah, yeah. Like, For it, someone that doesn't watch
0: these programmes
1: Yeah well <laughs> It's just general, just general knowledge isn't it Ben
2: <laughs> Chris yes. How many goals has Phil Bardsley scored for Stoke In all competitions Zero One Or two uh, uh,
1: In all com- I'm going to say two
2: He's saying two. And he's correct. Come his uh, quarter-final strike against Sheffield Wednesday in the League Cup and his uh, screamer against Stevenage from this season. Great team. goal, that. That was two for Phil Bardsley and two for Chris. And you can take the lead by answering this question. Phil Bardsley got sent off against Chelsea last week. His only other red card for Stoke came against which London side? Mm.
1: I don't, I don't get any options on this one. Okay. Um, okay, okay, I'll give you some options then. No, no, no. Because...
2: All right. Cause, all right uh, is it Arsenal? Yeah. Chelsea? Or Tottenham?
1: Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to say it's Tottenham. But I'm probably wrong. He's saying Tottenham.
2: And he's wrong. <sighs> Phil Bardsley's only other red card for Stoke came against Chelsea in the, in the League, League Cup, Cup game where we won on penalty. God damn
1: it, yes, of course mm. it did.
2: <laughs> Alright. so it's two each. It's finally poised. I like this. Round two. It's called Going for Goals.
1: <laughs> Basically,
2: it's it's very similar to Play Your Cards Right, but I couldn't do a pun on that because I'd already used it for Play Your Bards Right. <laughs> so, um, I will give you the name of a Stoke City player and I want you to uh, say whether they scored... Uh, more goals or fewer goals than the player that preceded them oh okay now I'm going to flip a coin again to decide who goes first Uh, Ben heads Heads. or tails it's heads you're going first and you're starting off on Ricardo Fuller and his 50 stoke goals in all competitions Ben did John has John Walters scored more or less goals than Ricardo Fuller Uh,
0: more goals for me
2: John Walters has scored 61 in all competitions Ben Peter Thorne in all competitions has he scored more or less than John Walters I'm going
0: to go with less he's gone for less
2: Peter Thorne has actually scored 78 Uh, in all competitions which means Chris Chris you take over there are 7 Stoke players to get through (laughs) Okay. Now, Mark Steen, Chris. Yeah. In all competitions, has he scored more or less goals than Peter Thorne?
1: How many did Peter Thorne have?
2: Peter Thorne scored 78 in all competitions.
1: So, Mark Steen. I'm going to say he scored less.
2: And you're correct to say he scored less. He scored six fewer goals than Peter Thorne. Now, Mike Sheeran. Oh, God. Mark Steen scored 72. Did Mike Sheeran score more or less
1: than Mark Steen? I think he scored less. You're correct to
2: say he scored less. Mike (laughs) Sheeran scored 39, some some way below Mark Steen's 72. So, Kenwin Jones is the next up. Did he score more or less than uh, 38, 39, sorry?
1: Oh, less. Surely less.
2: Yes, (laughs) Kenwin Jones scored 28, and you've got three left now. Chris, Peter Crouch, has he scored more or less than Kenwin Jones?
1: How many did uh, did Kenwin score?
2: 28 in all competitions.
1: I think that Crouch has scored more than 28 in all competitions. For us, surely.
2: You are correct to say he scored more. Crouch has scored fifty-one. Wow! With two left.
1: He's like the best striker feeling... we've ever had.
2: <laughs> not quite. Okay. Um, not a striker this time, but two to go. Stanley Matthews, Chris. Ooh. Did Stanley Matthews, in his Stoke career, score more goals in all competitions than Peter Crouch, with fifty-one?
1: More saying more yeah. you're correct Stanley Matthews scored 62 <laughs> well with the amount of years Chris... he was here like surely <laughs> yeah go on now
2: Chris like? this is to win it okay did Dennis Violet <laughs>
1: score
2: more or less goals for Stoke than Stanley Matthews on 62
1: Um, I-, I haven't got a- Foggiest. Um
2: We saying more? I have not a clue. He's correct. Oh. Yeah. Chris Chris has won going for goals. And that's a. Uh, Sorry, Ben. And that's an extra point. That's <laughs> all, all that, that work.
0: work. <laughs> <point>. <laughs> I just got a bit of a break. I've been <laughs> sipping on my water. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Amazing. The next game is called Family Jonathan Fortunes. Oh my God! There's more to this quiz. <laughs> <laughs> go on, let's do it. Right, these are this. This is around all about Stoke City defenders. Uh, I want you to go through the alphabet. We're gonna end end at T because I think uh, getting into U, V, X, etc. Um, makes things pretty difficult. So, Chris, I want you to start us off with a Stoke defender, past or present. Whose first name or surname begins with A? You, you, you will each have ten seconds to think of one for, for the next letter.
1: Uh, <laughs> starting with A. Yeah. Um, Andy Wilkinson.
2: Andy Wilkinson starts
0: us off. What am I doing now? Chris, uh, Ben, Ben, think of a stone defender for B with his first name B.
1: Beginning. No, or, or last last name. name or
0: surname. Um. Goodness me, Bardsley, Phil Bardsley, Bardsley, yes.
1: Chris C, Jeff Cameron,
2: Jeff Cameron, very nice. Theonerton
0: Texera.
1: Oh,
2: <laughs> See, this is rapid now. This is rapid. No one's faltering. Uh, if I time you out, your opponent gets a point. Um,
1: I can't. E for Chris. E. Uh, um, sh- uh, Eric Peters.
0: Eric Peters, Abdullahi,
1: Abdullah, Oof. just flying through this. Andy, Gr- Chris, Andy Griffin, Andy Griffin, Ibrahim Asonko, ben- H. It's H. Oh, a- a- a-
0: H comes no. after G. What's <laughs> so happening? I think Chris gets a point
2: no. for that. I think Chris just gets a point for for you, you not knowing the alphabet. Oh goodness!
1: alright
2: Ben H. Um, Harry Sutar. Does that count?
1: Yeah,
2: I will accept it, Chris. <laughs> Ibrahim Hi,
1: <Asanko>.
0: <laughs> Ben J. Oh goodness!
2: I've given you a massive clue already. Have you? Yeah.
0: Ten. Oh no. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this.
2: Eight. Three. Two. One. I think that's a point for Chris. Oh, then no,
0: it's slipping out of my hands. This
2: uh, the clue I gave you was that in the name of the round itself, Jonathan oh, Fortune,
1: <laughs> Chris K. Oh my God, that's Kyle Lightbourne didn't didn't play as a defender no. at any point in his career. Uh, there's got to be an old player. I don't know. Th- three no
2: yeah. right so since um, I think we're struggling now but, uh, Ben can you think of a uh, L
0: defender L defender
2: yeah tiebreaker is Eric Skeels is uh, famously Stoke's record appearance maker yes but how many appearances did he make for Stoke and uh, nearest person wins no Googling, please.
1: Are, are we, do we get any numbers or do you just... Who goes... Who, just no, no, guess? You're, who both guessing,
2: you're, you're both guessing and the closest person wins.
0: Um, if I've got a number, can I say it? Yes. Um, I'm going to go with six, seven,
2: eight, 678.
1: 678. 678, says Ben. I'm going to... I don't think it's that many. I'm gonna say five hundred and
2: ninety. Whoa. According to Wikipedia, Eric Skills has five hundred and ninety-two appearances <laughs> in all competitions. Chris, I think you've you've won that quiz. Deserved winner.
1: Amazing. We got there in the end. Do you want? Do you want another? Before before we go, uh, did you you want to know that as well as Fernando Torres, Sergio Aguero also has an elvish tattoo <laughs> on his right arm. So there you go. Right, can we not do an international break something. soon, please? <laughs> All
2: right. Um, shall we? Shall we look ahead to next week then, chaps? Because um, yeah, only to edit this bit down. Um, <laughs> We're at Travel to Leicester next week. Guys, are we excited, nervous, terrified? What's our emotions travelling to uh, the home of the champions, of course?
0: I think it could be quite an exciting game, to be honest. They're they're definitely improved uh, now since the last time we flopped against them once more. So maybe we'll be able to get a win and hold a win this time. Who knows? Um, yeah, I, I, I I'm excited for the game. And not just because we've just spent an hour talking about Lord of the Rings tattoos on, on the podcast
1: <laughs> yeah I, I'm sorry I'm afraid I'm the opposite I don't think we're going to get a win there at all I think that they've come back into form and they're feeling very happy and jolly and I can just see it being one of those days where we, um, we don't really turn up I'm afraid it'd be nice to have football back but yeah um are you feeling any more confident about our trip to Burnley the
2: midweek after?
1: <laughs> Burnley are very good at home, so mm. it, if we get a win at Leicester, my entire position changes, and I think we can win every game. But um, <laughs> I don't know, like because I'm fickle. But yeah, Burnley are very good at home. Leicester are better. It's just there.
0: But Shaqiri's back, fully fit, so he'll be starting again.
1: Return of the Shack.
2: <laughs> well, I think that's it from the Wizards of Dribble <laughs> podcast for this week. <laughs> ben gives me two thumbs up. Um, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a, a testing time for the Wizards of Dribble. <laughs> um, this th- this podcast should be out uh, Sunday evening, and we'll uh, plan to get another sh- uh, show to you talking about actual football. Uh, Next Sunday, but obviously, if it doesn't appear in your iTunes uh, Sunday evening, uh, then remember that a wizard is never late nor is he early. He releases <laughs> podcast precisely when he means to. Yes! <laughs> what an absolute shambles. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Ben.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Chris, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, Dave.
0: Wizards of Drivel podcast. A place for the love of the game.
1: What I love about football is just the, the random hugs that happen after goals with strangers in the crowd. A place for unadulterated emotion. The talk of the Tony Peters channel and then that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be
0: crying in the yeah. street
1: in a second.
0: A place for bold predictions. i put it public that I don't think Crouch is going to score a goal again for us in the league. A place for expert insight. I'm,
1: I'm with Stan Collymore of all people. Stan, you watch a lot of football.
0: And if all those areas were not
2: covered, Pulis would go absolutely ape in the jester room at us. And a place for hashtag deploy and goy. It's a big moment in his career. It's a a big moment in his life, probably. I can't help but feel entirely (laughs) responsible for what just happened.
0: The Wizards of Drivel podcast. A place for Stoke City.
1: Now this is Trump's podcast.